0: It's been a whirlwind for Marquette basketball. What is actually going on? So many new recruits. Brian, it's been a while. We'll talk and regroup. It's been a while since we've talked, and we're also going to talk about another potential NBA player for Marquette, one that's even on the current roster right now, all ahead on Championship Blue. Championship Blue. And
1: Marquette has won the national championship. Oh.
0: Research how many schools have a national championship. It is hard as can be to win one of those suckers. Championship blue with Kevin Wells and Brian D. Last time I looked in the dictionary, my name's Brian D. What's your name? Brian Fantana. Brian? Kevin attempted to try out for the team before figuring out the media was where he belonged.
1: Man, not that
0: great in basketball, guys. Not that great. Kevin! Two Marquette grabs from two different eras. Trying
2: to avoid the upset. Blue, the drive, the left hand! Second
0: to play. Founder Blue has put Marquette in front by one. Howard step back three again. And again! He throws it. He's got 50. A team of Marquette guys talking Marquette hoops.
1: A team should be an extension of your personality. And my team's a thoroughly obnoxious and arrogant.
0: Championship Blue with Brian D. and Kevin Wells on Wisconsin On Demand. So I really have to change that intro, Brian. Um, Wojo's voice in the beginning there, and it's just time to switch it up a little bit. I've been real lazy about it, but now we have a new head coach. I was shocked
2: to hear Wojo's voice in the intro, Kevin. I thought you'd be on top of that. Yes, Uh, (laughs) since the last time we got together... Nothing's happened surrounding the Marquette basketball program, right?
0: It's almost glad that we took these few weeks off just to have everything happen in two days.
2: It is it is a really good thing, honestly. We took a little time and space to let this breathe because it's been a whirlwind since really the start of the NCAA tournament. So Marquette season comes to a, a premature end, bounced by Georgetown, who, oh by the way, goes on to win the Big East tournament craziness. <laughs> um, and that was our last championship, Blue. We talked about the path from that 8-9 game to winning the Big East tournament. And how we thought it was going to be Marquette, and we were sort of right. It just turned out to be the Hoyas that went on to win it. Yeah,
0: all. we picked the wrong seed, and the wrong team.
2: And then right at the start of the NCAA tournament, bang, out of nowhere, and I was shocked by this, no pun intended this time, uh, that Wojo and Marquette parted ways. Um, I thought the contract was going to be restrictive, and that was going to keep Wojo employed for at least another year and give him another run back, Um in 2021 turned out not to be the case Uh, Marquette wanted to move on they wanted to move quickly which turned out to be a great decision given all the college basketball head coaching openings that uh, openings that that came uh, available after the hiring of Shaka Uh, and they go with Shaka Smart and bring him in and man just an unbelievable fit and then like you alluded to the last two days have been wild with Shaka bringing in all sorts of talent um, from out-of-state recruits, in-state recruits, transfer portal—it's been gnarly. But first things first, give me your initial reaction to the shock of smart hiring when it happened. Uh,
0: I thought it was smart. Damn you! Damn you!
2: <laughs> I thought I was—I thought I was in control. I mean, of the I d- funds.
0: I, honestly, I did. I, I being completely transparent, um, it was on the back of my mind when we talked about it at the last podcast was when you said that there's no way a donor is going to come up and you know and pay out the contract. I was like, you're probably right, but also. I don't know it's been it's been a lot of mediocrity and sure enough we get the news it kind of came out of nowhere for it like it was just like whoa this is happening yeah. and they're getting a new coat and it happened within a week they hired him the next week uh-huh. so I'm excited I really this is and, and with all the moves in the last two days as well this is just going to be a completely different basketball team a new look a new offense a completely new style I'm hesitant but excited if I if that's the best way I can put it at this point in time. I don't know if Smart's going to be any better than Wojo. We don't know that yet, but at least we're starting to see – at least we have a higher ceiling now. We know what we're we we're know what going to get next year. It's going to be different.
2: I'm not hesitant at all. I fall quickly in love, and, man, have I fallen in love with Chaka Smart over the first couple of weeks of his tenure. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, It's honestly been really cool to see how he's described his vision for this program. And we talked a lot over the course of last season, Kevin and Wojo's, what turns out to be his final year, about how the, the team and the program really lacked a definitive identity, right? I, I said that a lot on Championship Blue. I said it on WTMJ, on ESPN Milwaukee. Um, I, I think I even said it on some Marquette Athletic pregames. Like the, the identity was just in flux for a long time, um, especially since Marcus Howard graduated. And The thing that you cannot fault Shaka Smart for at all in the first month, and you can't fault him for anything at this point, but he has such a clear vision of what he wants this program to be. It's enthusiasm, it's hard work, and then the word havoc comes to mind for me. Like That was the casual understanding I had of Shaka Smart In his time at VCU, he had t-shirts printed where they wanted to make things crazy for the opponent. So he has a real definitive identity of what he wants a Shaka Smart basketball program to be. And he's bringing that and blending it with the values at Marquette University of family, of community service, of being a basketball school. It just really seems like a perfect marriage. The other thing that I'm really excited about, too, is uh, we didn't hire uh, some old, antiquated, white guy who was just yep. gonna get stuck in his own ways like uh, shaka is a diverse hiring that fits into what the university is trying to build here um not just the fact that he's a black man but a young black man that can identify with athletes that's going to recruit really hard that can identify with the student body and the fan base like it just it seems like a perfect fit for shaka smart wisconsin native fits into what the community at marquette wants uh, and Marquette University, just a progressive, looking forward university that is just hardcore excited about basketball. It just seems like a perfect marriage.
0: And when I was talking, um, not talking to him, but when I was in that opening press conference at the Al, it just the feeling was different. It was, it was right. It was that smooth. I'm gonna understand these guys. These are my players. They're gonna do what they gotta do. We're gonna. You know, and it was, it was easier to listen to him speak than it was to listen to Steve Wojciechowski speak. It was just. It was more kind to the ear. He just seemed like he got it a little bit more. He was more in tune with a younger audience, a younger team. And I don't know if that's going to make a difference. Again, how much of that is coach speak, right? You mentioned he's got this identity, but a lot of that, again, is all these guys say, oh, we're going to do this, this, and this, and uh, this is going to be a great team because of this, this, and this. And it's like, well... I want to see it on the court first, but I the vibe was way different sure. from a Wojo press conference.
2: Yeah, and I don't want to dance on Wojo's grave too much because he did some really good stuff when he was at Marquette, and I'm sure at the beginning of his tenure, we would have been saying the same things about him. Like, the, the excitement's there, the enthusiasm's there, and it was. But over the course of seven years, with some of the things that went wrong, obviously that's going to tail off, and the message might have gotten a little bit stale at the end, and then you bring somebody new and fresh in, and of course we get excited about it. But all in all, awesome hire— and you know, given the opportunities that came available after Marquette made the hire pretty quickly, uh, it just seems like a slam dunk because all of a sudden, what North Carolina comes open, uh, Texas Tech comes open. I mean, there there were other good jobs out there that became available. Absolutely, after Marquette better
0: jobs made the hire. than Marquette too.
2: I don't know about better jobs, but certainly ones that would have been enticing and attractive to anybody out in the market. So, um, all in all, awesome, swift, great hire by President Lovell by Bill Scholl. It just seems like a great fit. And now, Kevin, we can transition into what's happened over the last 48 hours or so. Um, It's hard to even keep up with the flurry of moves that have happened. Can you walk us through who we have on the roster now? It's been crazy.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into a a lot of that with Ben. But the first thing with the smart hire and him being able to bring in guys from the Milwaukee area, I, I was looking up some notes just from guys who have been recruited over the last decade at Marquette. and. Wojo never once recruited a guy from the Milwaukee metro area. Hmm.
2: That's interesting.
0: You know, it was it was Cam Murata, who was from Mequon, but yep. he was walk on and yep. eventually got that scholarship. And um, and then the last one was Dwayne Wilson mm-hmm. from 2013, and that wasn't even one of Wojo's recruits. And he was uh, Dominican, right? Went yeah, he was Dominican, and then he transferred to Texas A and M, which, funny enough, you know, shock coming from Texas. Whatever. That's sure. no no correlation there, but the. The idea that you're able to get a guy in David Joplin um, to come up and believe in you and believe that hey, Milwaukee's got some cats that yeah. can play ball. Like let's get let's get the 13 guys who are great recruits in this area and let's land one of the best ones and play for his hometown mm-hmm. team. And he spoke with uh, TMJ4 News yesterday, saying like, yeah, Smart believed in us. This is something that we haven't really we haven't had happen. You know, people are they're going out of state. Yeah. And,
2: and it, it fell into place for Shaka too because Joplin was looking at Texas. Like Shaka, it, this didn't just you know happen out of thin air. Like Shaka's in Milwaukee now. Let me go recruit this star from Brookfield Central. Like there was a relationship there before, and Joplin even talked about it yesterday after his press conference. It, it was like the stars aligned for him that he was going to go to Texas and play for Shaka, and then Shaka came home to him, and he was able to stay home, and it just made sense. So and you have to um,
0: wonder too if that's part of the reason they went after a guy like Smart, bringing him back uh, home to recruit at home because yeah. that was something they just didn't have. And Milwaukee has a lot of great basketball recruits, and they just have not chosen to play here in Wisconsin.
2: And once again, I I want to be careful about dancing on Wojo's grave here because, I mean, he recruited Wisconsin incredibly well. Like, the Housers both came. Henry Ellenson was an enormously Mm -hmm. highly touted prospect from the state of Wisconsin that ended up at Marquette. So it's not like Wojo did a bad job. He did a really good job in Wisconsin, maybe just not the city of Milwaukee right in Marquette's backyard.
0: He did a he did a good job of recruiting Wisconsin but again didn't do a good job of developing the players with those guys, yes. it's like the relationships with those sure. guys. So we'll see if Smart changes that. That's going to be the next couple of years, but it is important to be able to recruit in your own city, especially a city that is defined so much by basketball and a lot of these guys are good players. This totally. is going this is going to make a big difference, especially if you want to start being a perennial NCAA team. Recruiting in your own city is huge.
2: And on top of that it makes it an attractive destination for future hundred percent right? yes milwaukee that's what i was alluding kids, to if milwaukee kids are going to marquette future milwaukee kids are going to want to go to marquette it's snowballs, so um yeah it's awesome joplin certainly the headliner uh, but marion ellis uh, another kid that is going to fit well, hopefully, with DJ Card in the backcourt because they're both from the same Quad Cities area in Iowa, so that that works out great. Uh, previous Texas commit um, that is coming to play for Shaka here in Milwaukee, Keon Atijure. I think I've got the uh, last name pronunciation correct there. Um, he's joining a 10 freshman of the year Tyler Kolek, transferring from George Mason to Marquette. You got a combo guard there. Uh, and there's, there's another facet of this uh, that is really fascinating to me from a Shaka perspective, but we thought that was going to be the group there, the four of them, Joplin, Ellis, Atizure, uh, and Kolek. And then we're recording this on Thursday, April 15th in the mm-hmm. morning, um, and we got uh, another one popping today. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Maxence Prosper, right? Yeah. From Clem- uh, Clem- uh, Clemson. The Clemson transfer,
2: right? So Marquette's now That dude's over- big. Yeah. And that's, that's the common thread with all these guys. Um, And I remember hearing Buzz Williams talk about this when he was at Marquette Kevin, like Buzz didn't recruit by position. He didn't recruit point guards or shooting guards or power forwards or centers. He tried to recruit guards and forwards. And what ended up happening is he was recruiting guys that played on the line between guard and forward. He would recruit guys that were between 6'5 and 6'7 height wise that had great ball skills and could shoot, but it could also drive to the rack. So you created these combo guys like Jay Crowder, right? Uh, Lazar Hayward fit into that mold for sure. You, you get these guys. Jimmy Butler played on that line as well, between guard and forward.
0: Guys who can switch with at least three Personal. positions on the floor too. Versatile
2: yeah. on offense and on defense, right? And These guys seem to fit into that sort of mold where they're, they're big, lanky, strong guys that can kind of play on that line and be super versatile and long and athletic. That seems to be what Chaka is uh, is going for here. So all in all, really cool 48 hours here for the Marquette basketball program, seeing Chaka land all these
0: guys. Yeah, it's a facelift. It's a completely new team. And this is, like you said, there's not going to be a true big man on this team. Garcia's going to be your tallest guy at 6'11". We'll see if he sticks around. I'm hoping he does. I'm going to put my money on he will um, and not be drafted. Obviously, we're hoping he's going to do what he's got to do, but I, the selfish fan in me really wants him to stay because he's a huge difference maker and he's your best player. Um, but again, having guys who can switch in multiple spots and just be able to... They lacked rebounding so much last year, too. The rebounding and scoring, I mean, that's why they were under 500. I mean, it was it was pathetic. Um, so, it, again, if you got a lot of these guys who are 6'8", 6'9", with wingspans that long, I mean, it's going to make... It's going to wreak havoc. It's you know, it it fits into his system. It's a new day. It's exciting. It's hard not to look forward to, really. So maybe even more impressive
2: than what's happened in terms of the new guys that Chaka is bringing in for me is the fact that DJ Carton appears to be committed to Marquette despite the fact that Wojo's gone. Justin Lewis has showed up in all all the social media videos as well, despite the fact that Wojo is gone. Stevie Mitchell is following through on his commitment, even though he was a Wojo guy, as is Cam Jones. Dawson Garcia is testing the NBA draft waters right now. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the pod, Mm -hmm. but he's keeping his collegiate eligibility. So if he doesn't follow through and decides to come back to school, all of a sudden, Shaka has retained a lot of the top-tier talent that Marquette already had, and then complimented it with all of his guys that were either going to Texas or that he was in on from a, a recruitment perspective. Yeah, so, that's going to be
0: a heck of a difficult job to you well, know make all those sure. guys mold. But
2: but the, the the common thread here is that the these guys are buying into what Shaka is selling. They're buying into his culture. They're buying into his beliefs, and they're doing so in a relatively quick period of time. Like it's April fifteenth. This has been what are we three weeks, maybe four maybe four into Shaka's tenure. That's the most impressive part part for me is not the fact that he's brought in his guys, but the fact that he's been able to retain the top talent that was already at Marquette. I think that speaks volumes about the type of dude that Shaka is.
0: Shaka's got DJ believing. He's got Lewis believing. He's got Brian D believing. He's got all of us kind of, you know, looking on the bright side of things. And you're right, It. It definitely speaks to who he is, right? These guys wouldn't want to play for an unproven head coach. I think that was, again, a great job by Bill Schull going out and identifying, hey, this guy's a proven coach. What did we talk about on the last podcast? We don't want an, I didn't want a new guy. I didn't want a prove it guy. I wanted a proven head coach. I didn't want a guy who was like, oh, this could be the next so and so. No, get a proven head coach, start winning games build your program up to the point where maybe you can take that leap like North Carolina is going to do bringing the guy uh, uh, their assistant coach uh, off the bench there but Mar- Marquette's not at that point yet um and I, that's why I think bringing in Smart you're right it's a perfect marriage it really it it seems that way it seems like a perfect marriage now i'm going i'm excited it's a new day but again i'm not i'm not breathing too much into the coach speak just yet i'm that's right. i'm i'm going to i'm going to let the summer pass i'm going to figure out how they're going to fit 14 guys with 13 scholarships. I'm going to try and figure like, all we're not that. we done here. Right. I'm going to try and let the summer pass until we get that final roster, that first game is played. Then I will start making assumptions on how this year is going to go. But, again, I like the hire. Does that make sense? Yes. Does anything yeah. I just said make sense? Yeah, it makes Because sense. I feel like I'm here and here and here. But yeah, it makes sense. You're okay. the only one
2: not fully believing, though. I'm all in. The commits are how all in. How can I not? But how the can you guys are all in?
0: How can you not be? I mean, he, stro- he struggled to win tournament games at Texas. He got so unlucky in some of those tournament games. Though. Okay, but the, overtime, l- l- you got to be lucky to be good. Good to be lucky.
2: Uh, maybe the luck will come to Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Who
2: knows? Uh, we are super lucky to have the opportunity to chat with Ben Steele of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Marquette Beat Reporter. He joins
0: us next on Championship Blue. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Beat Reporter Ben Steele. I don't know if he slept last night, but he's going (laughs) to hop on the pod with us right now and talk a lot of Marquette basketball. We got a lot of transfers in, a couple freshmen coming, following Shaka Smart to Milwaukee from Texas. Ben, starting things off from a broad perspective... Of the guys that we've seen now, I think we've seen four or five new faces, or will mm-hmm. see four or five new faces in this program. Does one stand out above the rest to you right now?
1: Yeah, you know, one guy who I didn't know much about because um, I, you know, don't really follow Texas Longhorns basketball recruiting very closely, but um, uh, Keon Itajere, who uh, he's from North Carolina and he committed to. Shaka Smart and his staff at Texas, man. If you watch this guy's YouTube clips, man, his his athleticism just like leaps off the leaps off the the screen at you. And he's like six ten and really long, um, and he's just just looks like he's just scratching the surface of 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 what he could be. Uh, I talked to his high school coach yesterday, and he was saying like, yeah, this kid's got NBA athleticism, and he just he doesn't even know it yet. He's only been playing basketball for four years he started playing seriously as a freshman in high school and you know he was like a, a bench warmer for a couple of years and, and then you know he's starting to starting to understand the nuances of the game so I think he's a guy that's just got just tremendous upside and if you look at you know Shaka Smarts and his coaching staff their their history at Texas they were really good at developing big guys like you think back to Mobamba and Jared Allen and and uh Jackson Hayes, and I'm probably forgetting some people off the top of my head, but he's been really good at uh, developing big guys, so um, they clearly saw something in him, and He's got the he's got the physical tools. Now it's just like putting it all together, and it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. So Ben, what do you see as the common
2: thread between all these guys? I, I you mentioned a couple words: long and athletic, and it seems mm-hmm. to be uh, you know a common thread with Ellis, Atishere, yeah. uh, you know D- David Joplin, the local kid. I, it seems yeah. like all of these guys kind of fit a certain mold that Chaka's is trying to
1: recruit. In. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they had a lot of guards and. I think all of them were about in the 6'4", the 6'5", six, six, range. Um, and, yeah, Joplin's a little bit bigger than that. He, so he's like 6'7". So he, he could play down low, but he, he also plays outside. And so I think um, you're starting to see, you know, the kind of roster that, that, that Shaka Smart likes to play. You know, I think he likes to use a lot of three-guard lineups. That's why you see a lot of you – know, he's, he's stockpiling a lot of guards. Uh, like you said, like a lot of uh, long, lengthy, athletic guys that, you know, Shaka Smart's, if you, if, you, if you look at all his teams, they've all been strong defensively at, you know, every stop he's been at at VCU and Texas. They've all been good defensive teams. So I, I think you could see like a, a team that's going to get after it defensively and, and get after you and kind of switch. They could switch a lot, uh, play physically, maybe even pick you up full court like he did back in, the, like Shaka Smart did back in his VCU days. Um so yeah it's I, it's it's a really interesting roster
0: right now. So is it Tejare or Eddie Jare? <laughs> I think it's
1: a yeah. A, a Tejare? I mean, okay, I just
0: wanted to make go. sure so we don't have to go back and re-record the entire it's, podcast cuz Brian was calling uh, it a Tejare.
2: It's actually Antadukupo. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to do okay with these names I think. <laughs> that's
1: why that's why uh, that's why I'm a print guy. I don't have to worry about that stuff. <laughs> got it, right?
0: Well, hey, also I want to look and point out one thing that we talked about in our first segment was the fact that we now have a Milwaukee area recruit on this team going into next Mm -hmm. season, David Joplin, um, four-star recruit. He played at Brookfield Central. This kid's athleticism was off the charts. Um, He was wanted at a few schools for big reasons. He reminds me a lot of, and I wasn't just reading your article, which was great, by the way, but he reminds me a lot of Jamal Cain. Yeah, but hopefully we get a higher ceiling than Kane. Do you Mm -hmm. think that that's possible?
1: Yeah, I think I think he's probably a little more polished basketball-wise than Jamal was, and he's he's a little thicker too. Um, So he would be he can more bang inside. I think now Jamal's athleticism was like off the charts, you know, or not was it still is off the charts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think that's a good comparison. uh, Joplin might be a little more, uh, more more offensive skill, you know, more more, more all around. Um, Man, they need probably, that. You know, shoot off the dribble and take guys off the dribble and you know that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's a good comparison, but yeah, but but you know, versatile skill set in a in the six seven frame, you'll you'll take that.
2: So, Ben, how important do you think it is, and Kevin and I were talking about this earlier in the podcast here on Championship Blue, um, how important do you think it is that Chaka is establishing a recruiting presence, not just here in the state of Wisconsin, but in the city of Milwaukee? It was something that Wojo really seemed to struggle with. He he recruited great in-state, but really in the city of Milwaukee, what does that mean for the future of the program that is doing that right out of the gates?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's good on, you know, a lot of levels. I mean, first of all, I mean, it's just, just good PR. I mean, you see yesterday getting a local kid, how excited people were about that. Um, and you know, having a really good guy on top of that is just, just icing on the cake there. Um, yeah, it gets people excited. Um, and you know, there's a lot of really good players in Milwaukee the last couple of years, um, that have gone elsewhere. So, um, just to establish the relationship with, with, you know, the grassroots coaches and the, and, 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 you know, high school coaches, you see he's Shaka Smart's already offered scholarships to guys in in the 20, 2022 class, um, so he's definitely got an eye on that and definitely trying to, trying to cultivate those relationships.
0: Yeah, and certainly looking at the guard position, I mean, just seeing the guys that have come in, um, Ellis, and then you get, you know, you get uh, Stevie Mitchell from last season who's coming in again now, and then you got Carton returning, and something Brian pointed out was the backbone of this team seems to be sticking around even even though they were wojo's guys you got carton lewis and garcia we'll talk about garcia in a minute but mm-hmm. being able to keep guys like carton and lewis is just it's vital to a team that's going to be so young next year yeah. and so inexperienced but you have guys who are experienced playing at the university or maybe a little bit more comfortable Does that speak a lot to Shaka's character and being able to keep guys around like that, or how would you interpret it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he definitely thought that was important. As soon as he got the job, um, Shaka said, you know, he was hopping on a plane, and that that first week on the job, you know, he flew out to Baltimore. This was the week before uh, Easter, so most of the the players were back in their hometowns, so he flew out to Baltimore. He flew out to to Iowa to meet with DJ Carden and his parents, and he flew to Minnesota, and he flew out to California to meet with you know Dexter and Arizona to be with uh, Oso. So he was he was flying around. Um, I haven't talked to Shaka about all that. Um, I've talked to most of the the players' parents, uh, but they were all just impressed with how he wanted to you know just just develop the relationships with with with. The guys that he did know, he actually knew. Uh, Shaka recruited Dawson and and Oso at Texas, so he those, he already knew those guys. So it was just kind of re- reestablishing that relationship. But he was really intent on on meeting all those guys and meeting all their parents and you know whoever in their circle is important to him. Um, and I'm gonna be interested. Uh, we're talking to Shaka here at the next uh, later today and early afternoon. I'm definitely gonna ask about how he went about. Establishing that the connection with the returning players, because I think that's that was very interesting and and very key to to getting that core back for next year's team.
2: So Ben, I, I want to get some clarity on Dawson a little bit. We all saw in his mm-hmm. Instagram post that he's testing the NBA draft waters, but mm-hmm. he's keeping his collegiate eligibility. Um, yeah. it, is your understanding that if he comes back to college, he's going to play at Marquette, or is he exploring? Other options did did Chaka get through to him? You just mentioned that you know that he flew to Minnesota yeah. and they made me mad. Is, is his intention if he
1: comes back to school to play at Marquette? Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Okay, um, uh, he's not in the transfer portal, so you know a lot of people that do that. Some people, some players enter both the NBA draft and the 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 transfer portal. I think Mac McClung did that um, off the top of my head. So, but Dawson's not in the transfer portal, so. I assume that if he does come back to school, that it would be Marquette.
0: Do you think he gets drafted?
1: No, I don't. Uh, I think he's, he's intriguing, you know, he's,
0: yeah, that's uh, the thing.
1: A six eleven guy who can shoot like, is definitely like NBA guys are definitely going to want to see him. But, you know, as we saw during the season last year, he needs to get stronger. He, you know, he got blocked, his shot blocked around the rim a lot last year. Um, Defensively I don't know how he would hold up uh, Garden Fours and, you know, the NBA game. Uh, that would be definitely be a challenge for him. But yeah, he's got a, he's got skill. He's he's a skilled player, so it's definitely interesting. I think teams will want to bring him in and, and see how he fares, garden, you know, different kinds of players. Um, we'll see if he gets invited to the combine. That would be interesting to see how it how it how he pans out there um but i think teams are ultimately going to say interested in him and interested in him as kind of like a two-way contract guy and then you know dawson's gonna have to decide uh, you know if he wants to grind his professional career through that way grinding through the g league and trying to establish himself there or coming back mm. to college you know it'll be and let's we'll see how how he feels about that
0: yeah, that's a good point. Oftentimes, we forget about the two-way contracts and that being an option, even going undrafted, and um, yeah. that's going to have us all holding our breaths this summer, just because of how much he means this team. He's arguably their best player going into next yeah. season. Um, really wanted to just finish out here. I guess if you could just clarify a little bit here, if we're looking mm. at a starting lineup for next season. Mm. If you want to give us the way too early starting five. Yeah,
2: let it fly, man. Don't go, oh, like let's let's hear the starting five. Yeah. Get inside Shaka's head. Yeah. That
0: wasn't my question. I lost
1: it, so we're going on the fly. We're doing this. That was, that this was my question. All right, uh, I'm going to assume Dawson's coming back. All right, so we could, we'll do that. Um, I'm going to go Dawson and Justin Lewis in the front court. Uh, DJ Carton for sure. And then I'm going to go with... Uh, Tyler Kollek, the the transfer from George Mason got got to get a little shooting out there. Uh, then you know I might throw Joplin in the starting lineup at the at the goal. Three, you know six seven guy. That's kind of inter- interesting lineup. Uh, yeah, it's it's This team's a uh, team's a little thin on the front court. Yeah, so Yeah, you took and the I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're not done making moves. So we'll, we'll see how everything pans out, but as of right now, I I think that lineup's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of a small ball lineup, Ben. Like it, it, yeah. and it's kind of it's a byproduct of what the roster is right now. Do you think that's the way Shaka wants to play? Or, or do you think uh, he is actively trying to get bigger? i got to believe that at some point you're going to want to yeah. recruit some size playing in the biggies.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we talked about at Texas, he always had really good big guys. So I'm sure he'd like to add a few more big bodies and long arms that can protect the rim and rebound and, you know, catch alley-oops and uh, all that. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, the roster, I think, is not done yet. I mean, it's definitely not done yet because they got 14 scholarship guys and you know you only get 13 spots so somebody's going to be the odd man out at least and we'll see we'll see how that all shakes out and you know college basketball man it's always changing day to day
0: thanks for reminding me of that question that was actually the question that i lost on my page was doing yeah. the math there's only 13 scholarships they got 14 guys yeah. Not sure who that odd man out's going to be. Um, yeah. But I think that that was probably a conversation they had with Theo. John was like, and maybe it was Theo's kind of decision to move on too. But, you know, with that yeah. extra year eligibility, it was almost like, you know what, you've done your four years. Let's see what, you know, yeah. we're just moving yeah. on. Um, but again, I'm not sure who that, that player is going to be, but obviously it's yeah. going to be somebody. Um, yeah. That'll be a topic I mean, we'll it, discuss. Yeah, it'll be,
1: it'll be interesting to shake out. I I.
0: You know, I don't want to hazard
1: a guess on somebody's future, but um, if you just look, I mean, you look at it, the amount of guards they added. I mean, that would be the spot that you would predict it would come from. You know, mm-hmm. they got like eight guards on the roster right now. And somebody's going to look at it and say, "Yeah, man, I'm not going to play that much. I better go someplace else." So it'll be interesting to see who that is.
0: Ben, thank you as always. Thanks, we call buddy. him. We can call him the friend of the show now. He's been on three times, right? That's the rule. Three times. I don't know. We'll let
1: him decide. Uh, Are you a friend? It's a. It's, it's official when I get the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Us, too. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: That's been Steel Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Marquette Beat Reporter. More ahead on Championship Blue. The extra year of eligibility is looking good for some guys. Not so good for Marquette fans. We Do gotta- we
2: have to? Do we have to do this well, again?
0: No, 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 no. This was, this was the fault of a lot of Marquette fans who said, oh, we're finally done watching this guy play basketball. He's done. He's the senior. No, we're not done.
2: Brad Th- the- Davison is back for another trip around the sun. Uh, oh, God. I couldn't believe it yesterday, um, but I could at the same time. Like, I, uh, It makes sense yeah, that kids it, are taking advantage of the role to, to get this extra lap, this extra run. Um, and I will take the high road here as I normally do. <laughs> When it comes to, not Wisconsin necessarily, but Badgers Twitter is absolutely ridiculous when it comes to uh, chastising teenagers or young people for deciding what's best for their future as opposed to them deciding what's best for their future. If Brad Davison decides this is the best thing, not only for his basketball future, but his life future, and he wants to do one more lap at Wisconsin, who the hell am I to tell him that he's wrong? It sucks. I'm not a huge fan of Brad because of the way that he operates on the floor. He did have a couple of unbelievable games in the NCAA tournament, especially in the North Carolina game. He really went off. Um, but am I excited to see Brad Davison flopping <laughs> and tripping all over no. the floor for another year? Of course not. Stop. But, hey, it does give Marquette another opportunity to take him down. And my favorite Brad Davison stat is that he has made exactly zero baskets in two full games played at Fiserv for him. <laughs>
0: I'm quite literally less excited about this than, than most things in sports. It's almost as if Demetri Trice now were to be like, hey, I'm coming back. It's like, dude, grow up. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> go, go go play somewhere
2: else. I kind of like these stories, though, in a weird backwards way. Like We all know how we feel about Davison just because of his style of play. But these guys that feel like they've been at universities forever become the most memorable college basketball players, right? Uh, Brad Davison Uh, I think about Scotty Reynolds at Villanova back in the day Jerry McNamara Eric Devendorf from Syracuse those guys felt like they were on campus for two decades Um, these guys just become part of the fabric of college basketball because they're around forever and because of the way that the sport has changed where more guys are one and done now like Kate Cunningham who's going to be a top three pick in the draft or Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts Jalen Suggs.
0: I was going to say, not talking about that that Jalen trash Eagles a, organization. Jalen Hurts was not a number one Oof. pick
2: uh, in the NFL draft. He's still he's still he's still a starting uh, starting quarterback mm, in his I second year. Know. Jalen Suggs, same deal, uh, right. one and done. Right, the one and done thing has become um, you know the norm, and the norm is not what we're seeing Brad Davis and do or some of these other guys sticking around for four years or maybe even five years. Um, That's, that is in a weird way, a fun part of college basketball because it's a
0: rarity these days. Right. It's, it's more life for him. Like he gets another year to play at a high level. Is he going to play in the NBA? No. Is he going to play overseas? No. Like this is, this is another year of high level for him. So for that, you're right. He made his, his right life decision to play another year of basketball. If he likes doing it. Sure. I'm just not going to like watching him do it.
2: And, And he put this in his Twitter statement when he announced he was coming back. And I agree with this for sure. Um, It'll be cool for him to get another opportunity to play, hopefully in front of fans uh, at the Kohl's Center. That's, yeah. And I think, you know, anybody that wants to come back for that extra lap, that's the cool part because you shouldn't have to go through your senior season, your last season of college basketball, not playing in front of a student section. Um not playing in front of your friends and family. Like Marquette was fortunate enough to be able to get friends and family into Fiser Forum for the last couple of games of the season this year. Um, But it was never full, obviously. They got some students in there late in the season as well on a a select basis. So I think hopefully we're back to normal in in the late fall and winter next year. And – you can start to have some normalcy return to college basketball, and these seniors finally get an opportunity to live their final college basketball season. So for Brad Davison and anybody else that wants to take this route, I feel good from that perspective.
0: And it's almost like COVID, too, softened the NCAA rules on like transfer students. Yeah, they just totally. passed that rule uh, this week, too. It's guys who transfer don't have to wait a year now to play anymore, which is ridiculous. We're rewarding coaches by moving up in in the hierarchy of programs, but then you're going to demoralize players right. for going from you know a bigger program to a smaller one or just transfer because they're not comfortable. Again, we're starting to see a little bit more player empowerment. It's slow. It's a real gradual one. But for guys like Brad Davidson who want to take advantage of it, you know, go it's for there for it, you to – yeah, go for it. For we sure. are not We are not saying that you're making the wrong decision, but we are. Um, just just be ready to take another L when Marquette comes to tell no us. No kidding. Well, Brian, we'll have to do this more often.
2: No doubt, man. I mean, it's gonna. If the last forty eight hours are any indication, it's gonna be a busy summer for mark basketball.
0: It's been a few too many long weeks. I just used some pretty bad grammar there, That's but okay. it's been it's been a few uh, market education. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> it's been a but yeah we'll get we'll get right back to it um, in a couple of weeks here. Um, and we'll, I'm assuming we're going to have a lot more to talk about. I think so, um, man. Um,
2: Shaka, I think, is going to continue to stay you know, as the face of the university over the course of the summer. I'm sure there's going to be events as things start to open up. Maybe we get a backyard barbecue this year. That has been a super fun event for Marquette Athletics in the past that obviously just didn't happen last year because of the state of the world. But if things continue to return to normal, I think Marquette basketball is going to stay relevant all summer long. TBT over the summer is going to be great again. I would imagine Golden Eagles alumni, the defending Champs will be back there. So we'll have plenty to talk about throughout the office. Yeah,
0: and we will start our Dwayne Wade to the TBT. Um, we will start recruiting him on this podcast. We'll have you guys doing it on Twitter as well. Uh, because that would be sweet if we got him to play. But again, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. We're gonna have some shaka sound and a lot more to come. And go, Marquette. Rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough.